last week on The Fellowship. I've never made an eagle. I've also never made back-to-back birdies, and I've never made a hole-in-one. These are three things that come to mind if someone were to ask me, what are some things that you have not yet accomplished on the golf course that you would like to accomplish? Welcome to The Fellowship. My name is Adam Hawk, joined by a three-time member of the Hole-in-One Club, Ryan Engel. And ladies and gentlemen, the question before the court today is, am I, Adam Hawk, admitted into that very same club? Let's talk about it. Let's storytell. Let's dive in. Let's hear from you, the loyal listener. Let's get Engel's opinion, which I'm sure will be fair and balanced. And let's decide once and for all, is my ace an ace? If you follow us on Instagram, you might have seen that this past Thursday, October 19th, I made a hole-in-one, my first hole-in-one ever. Humble brag. And as you heard in the cold open of this episode, I spoke of not having one and wanting to get one. I called it one of the three golf accomplishments that I most wanted to realize and achieve. What were the other two? Back-to-back birdies. Back-to-back birdies. And make an eagle. Well, guess what? I knocked out two of those three goals in one swing. You had back-to-back birdies? No, oh. but a hole-in-one is an eagle. Oh, yeah! hey! that, that doesn't really count. Come on. So the question today is, was my hole-in-one a valid hole-in-one? Does it go into the record book as a legitimate ace? We're going to get into all of that in just a second. But before I hog the microphone and self-indulgently take over the entire show, let's check in with Mr. Ryan Engel. Ryan, how are you today? And more importantly, why are there more golf clubs at the office? You were a man that has more golf clubs than anybody I know. And what do you know? Another box from eBay. How cool are they, though? With a complete set of Ben Hogan's, the Hogskis, as you refer to them. Go ahead, tell the people, what did you get and why did you get another set of golf clubs? Yeah, big fan of the Hogskis. Ben Hogan was obviously one of the greatest golfers of all time, but well-known for his contributions to the equipment side of the golf world. There's some very famous sets in his catalog, his career spectrum of builds. I've got the clamshells. Those are the 2003s. Got a couple sets of those. I've been playing them for a while now. I have matching sets, one in the desert, one here. And I recently got another set. I had one when I was younger and played them, got rid of them like an idiot because I was a dumb young kid who probably wore Nikes back then. So I have a set of mint 99s that I just got on ice, which are the holy grail of all Hogan's. But there's a set that's been on my radar that I've never had. I've always been a fan of the looks of them because as you said earlier, these are the most prettiest clubs I've ever seen. All the chromed out Hogan's, I mean, there just isn't a prettier golf club. The red numbers, the chrome, the little sunburst logo, the cursive insignia on it. There's just something about them. People see them and they go, holy shit, those are the most beautiful fucking clubs I've ever seen. But the ones that I've always had my eye on, which aren't necessarily that highly regarded in the Hogan fan club, are the 94 channel backs. There's some interesting aspects to those clubs. Long story longer, I've had my eyes on a mint set that was selling for a lot of money. Guy wouldn't budge, so I just kind of kept it on ice. These ones popped up. Someone was getting rid of them for a really good price, and I got 
one through sand wedge, matching serial numbers, obviously brand new mint condition. The sticker's still on the face of the five iron. But what's crazy about these clubs, what I didn't realize as I looked further into them, is that they were the last clubs manufactured under Hogan's watch before he passed. They were the last clubs manufactured under Hogan's watch at the Fort Worth factory by his skilled team and the last ones manufactured before the Spalding buyout of Hogan. But they were originally designed by him long before their debut in 94. So they have some aspects to them that are a little more old school, like the flat soles. But he designed them. It was something that he thought of. And then they reproduced later, right before he died. I had to get them. And people say that they're not as buttery as the 99s or they weren't as held in high regard. And I just said, you know what? Let me be the judge of that. I think the last seven or eight sets of golf clubs that have been mailed to this office, when I asked you why did you get them, you said the exact same words, quote, I had to get them. Yeah, I'm saving them. They would have been left to die out. You have a problem. You are a golf club hoarder. You have an issue. You need to be diagnosed. Everything I have is cool as shit. Let's go through the sets right now. Ping, beryllium, copper, I2s, mint. Played them for a number of years. Got them on the shelf. They're show ponies. Just sitting there looking pretty. Got the ISI Beryllium Coppers sitting there mint. Same deal. Got those Cleveland Classics and the Cleveland Endo Forged MBs 588s. Couple sets of Hogan's I play. And these two decorative sets here that I'll play eventually once I wear mine out. Okay. So that's all I got. Yeah, that's all I got. That's it. Eight sets. Is that too much? Well, it wasn't eight. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Okay. <laughs> I think most people listening are like me. They have one set of golf clubs, maybe two. No, no, no. That set of golf clubs you have, those are my clubs. That's true. Yeah. Those are my I2 pluses. Really? You have nine sets of golf clubs and I am using- Well, I have eight. One's on loan. Yeah, exactly. It's a shame you got a hole in one with my clubs. We're going to get to that. But off the top, let's just knock out some very quick business. Colin Morikawa won the Zozo Championship over in Japan. and The what? (laughs) <laughs> the Zozo Championship. What is that? It's some PGA Tour event over in Japan. No, what is Zozo? I don't know. Some company, Z-O-Z-O, Zozo. Do you think these companies get anything out of this, or is it just some fucking write-off? I have no idea. Is anyone out there tuning in on their free time on the weekend, seeing a tournament, like for instance, the Zozo Championship, and are they looking and going, wow, this is really neat that they sponsored this. I'm going to look in and see what this brand is all about, and potentially become a customer. Is anyone even doing that? Does anyone care? All the money they spend on this, the corporate stroke jobs to, to get everyone just hanging out all week and you know the dinners and all that shit, Like, is this helping their bottom line or is this just a cash dump? I have no idea. None. But Colin Morikawa did win the Zozo Championship, and that deserves a one-word take. Cool. That's it. That's all I got. Cool. You won the Zozo, Colin. I don't know if anyone else can notice right now, but... I've had too much coffee this morning. You know, I feel like a rambling moron. Well, that's just your MO. And when you do- That's my MO? When you do die, I w- <laughs> I'm going to put on your gravestone, long story longer. And I think when we do lower you down, you'll still be talking. <laughs> I got something to say. Someone give me a fucking microphone. 
<laughs> megaphone, anything. Something amplified right now. Is he dead? I think Isn't he's... it weird that the loudest fucking guy you know always needs to be more amplified? Moving on, the Neon Cheetahs, my seven-year-old daughter's rec soccer team, came into the week a perfect 7-0 and undefeated. My daughter Penelope, 13 goals on the season, just a little superstar. Guess what? She scored three more on Saturday. Back-to-back hat tricks? Her second straight hat trick and third of the season. The Cheetahs are now 8-0 and two games away from running the table. The question now is, can they do it? The real question now is, is her birth certificate legit? Did she go down a division? Yeah. That's my one question. Question two, how suspect is this defense? Because nobody's that great. Well, I watched a documentary over the weekend about David Beckham. Maybe you've seen it. It's trending number one on Netflix. Nope. Fantastic documentary. And David Beckham, over the course of his high school, college career, whatever it is over in England, won like 77 football matches in a row. And we're just about 65 short of that. Well, David Beckham didn't win 77 football matches in a row. His team did. His team did. Correct. And I remind my daughter often, this is a team game. Your goals are team goals. Your wins are team wins. And don't you forget it. Hard to keep a little girl humble when she just keeps scoring all these goals and carrying this team to an undefeated season. But that is the job of a great parent. And I myself have been called a lot of things, but great parent. Is not one of them. <laughs> great job, Mina. We yeah. love you. You're doing it. All right. What a daughter. The moment has come. We are going to get into it. I got to save up all of my breath and all of my words here because there's a lot to get into. The ace in question. Let's go back to Thursday, October 19th as part of my job for the Southern California Golf Association. I was to attend an all-staff meeting at Maggie Hathaway Golf Course in South Los Angeles, not too far from Inglewood. Maggie Hathaway is a nine-hole par three course inside of Jesse Owens Park, fairly close to the LAX airport. Now, the staff meeting involved playing nine holes at Maggie Hathaway and then going into a meeting for a few presentations. Part of my job for the day was to take pictures of the golf in the meeting, so I had a camera bag on my person the entire day. It's because I had this camera bag to lug around that I elected to bring only two clubs with me, a Ping I-2 red dot wedge and a Ping 1A putter. That's it. That's all I had. I didn't even bother with a golf bag or a glove. Let me also mention that I was wearing Hirachi sandals for golf, and if you've ever worn Hirachi sandals, then you know they have the grip of a slip and slide drenched in KY jelly. If you ever want to know what it's like to hit a ball like Scotty Scheffler, put on some Hirachis and watch that back foot dance, baby. That's it right there. There is no grip. Also, part of my wardrobe, and this will be important later, was an SCGA polo made by Nike. Nikkei. Protocol at my other job is to wear SCGA issued apparel at staff events. More on that in a second. We've talked about it before in the fellowship. I adore par three golf. I absolutely love it. I love the unassuming nature of it. I love the walk. I love how quickly you can play. I love the part of your game that it hones in. I love that birdie is on the table every single hole. I love the cost of it. I love that it's not a full on production. Two clubs, one ball, some Hirachi sandals, a pitch mark repair tool, and a ball marker in your pocket. You're good to go. Now, there were around 30 of us at this staff meeting and golf outing in groups of four and five set out on a shotgun start. My group started on hole number five. That's not important, but what is important is my group because this was a work function. It's not Saturday afternoon with your three best friends. The pairings were random, and although I was paired with some very nice people, this is 2023. No one comes into the office anymore, and the SCGA has a corporate structure with departments, and these departments 
like at most places, can be siloed at times, which means... Siloed, nice one. It means I don't really know these people. We're not strangers, but we're way closer to that than best friends. Would you say you don't care to know these people? I mean, would you say that? A lot of people are talking. A lot of people are asking. I'm sure there's some people that you know that you would care to unknow. They don't listen to this, Hawk. Are you kidding me? They don't give a shit about what you do, dude. Anyway, these people don't come into the office that much, and neither do I. And when we do, we're either coming in on different days or we're keeping to our departments when we are there together at Tim? the same time. Adam? <laughs> As you walk by the cooler? <laughs> oh, gosh. Our seventh hole of the day was the second hole on the golf course, and on the off chance you've played Maggie Hathaway, you might remember this hole for its ridiculous back-to-front green. If you've ever played Golden Tee, it's like one of those greens that has such an absurd amount of slope that you're lucky to keep anything on the dance floor, regardless of where you land your tee shot. Really? Because I'm looking at the picture right now. It looks flat as shit, dude. And very bumpy and lumpy. Anyway, on the second green, everything is rolling off the front, despite what Ryan Engel might tell you by looking at one picture with no depth. That's the reality of this hole. Look, folks, I'm no shot shaper at all. My motto is slappy crappy happy slappy crappy happy i play a homemade fade couldn't hit a draw to save my kids if they were being held at gunpoint you were drawing it all week at the powwow probably an accident probably product of the club that you put in my hands i've never hit an intentional draw and again if my kids were being held at gunpoint and i was told to move the ball right to left it's not gonna happen but the one shot that i do have and you will concede this is the sawed off knockdown wedge that's the one shot I have, the one artistic shot I can hit on demand. Maybe. If a flighted knockdown wedge means the same size swing, but decel fat, take 20 yards off of it because it's a mishit, then yes, it's a sawed-off flighted wedge. Give me a break, dude. You watched, That's exactly what it is. You watched me hit the knockdown wedge on command, left, right, and you center. You know what the biggest problem with me loaning you those clubs is? Go ahead is that they're not going to come back with wear marks in the center. The whole fucking face is going to be worn. And I'm going to be stuck with these things that are embarrassing to show people. I'm going to have to sandblast the faces off just so I can get a fresh look. Okay, folks, I'm just going to have you disregard everything that was just said because this former 16 is down to a 12. Wow. I do have one shot in my arsenal, and I am getting better at the game of golf, regardless of what my partner might say. And he has to admit it. He's seen it. Okay. Yeah, you need to admit it. Okay. Okay. Anyway, that's what the hole calls for, exactly the shot that I hit. 100 yards on the scorecard, 96 yards on the gun, choked up ping I2 wedge in my hands, Titleist Nation 69 Pro V1 on the mat, and the purest golf swing of my career. The pin was in the back, my piercer hit two yards past, 10 feet left, yanked dead right on a yo-yo string off that first bounce, and rolled for six feet before it buried itself inside the cup, right in the heart, at tour level speed, didn't zip in, didn't drip in, it just rolled in like a perfectly paced putt from Ben Crenshaw, hole in one. First name, Barry. Last name, McCoy. Gosh. You know how we know most of everything that you just spelled out for us is bullshit? Oh, no. 100 yards on the scorecard, 96 on the gun, pin was in the back. Really? How the fuck does that make sense? The laser was off. The pin la- was in the middle, tees were up, it was under 100 yards. I think there's something like under 100 yards on a par three course. Look, any hole in one counts. But just like everything, 
like I've said before, folks, two things can be right at the same time, just as well as two things can be wrong at the same time. I feel bad for you, to be honest with you. When you told me, I was actually bummed for you. Because to have your first one be somewhat of an asterisk, that's a bummer. Part three courses count. They just don't count for as much. You get more chances at par threes. The holes are way more rinky-dink. And let's be honest, you can look at the photos there. That's not much of a golf course. That's a park with really nice lawnmowers. (laughs) Listen, what happened after the moment that the ball went in the hole was the exact opposite of everything I've ever dreamed an ace would be like, top to bottom. If you've never made an ace, you'd be lying if you said you haven't thought about it and everything that comes after. And and I have too. The joy, the ecstasy, the relief, the high fives, the hugs, the pictures, the roars. I felt exactly none of that. Remember when I mentioned the group that I was playing with, five people that aren't exactly the best of friends or age-old golf buddies? Again, great people, but not exactly the type to give me a bear hug and lift me off the ground and start rolling tape on their cell phone while I made the long walk to glory. Wow, way to go, buddy. (laughs) And that's okay. I had bigger problems on my mind. Like, holy shit, does that even count as an ace? My first hole-in-one already adorned with an asterisk. Did you see it go in? Yes. It would have been hard not to. You're only 96 yards away. Tell you what, if there was ever a first hole-in-one for Adam Hawk, that would have been it. God is just, he's building this character in you for something. You're going to do something so substantial in your life in the future because all of this just anxiety and stress and punishment that he continues to just lash on your back as you just like sit there and take it like the true champion you are. He's building you up for something just absolutely extraordinary. And I, for one, I think a lot of us can agree on can't wait to see it. Well, I appreciate that. And hopefully it happens here at Nation Golf. That would be cool because then you can share in that great success. But right now I feel like the star in God's reality TV show and he's just having a good old laugh. Your life is so much of a bit that your first hole in one was a bit. Yeah, exactly. So I was thinking to myself, why did this have to happen on a par three course? Why did it have to happen when I had a Nike shirt on? I co-own a golf company and I wear Nation seven days a week. Why is my first hole-in-one here with coworkers I barely know, and why are all the pictures going to be of me in a dry-fit Nike polo? I thought to myself, I'm a fraud. This is a fraud. These aren't exactly the thoughts I imagine myself having after my first hole-in-one, but here I was taking a picture on the green in a Nike polo with a camera bag around my shoulder. Is this a blessing Or is this a curse? Mm. Do I embrace this or do I play it down? Am I being a total asshole for looking the golf gods in the mouth? Or are they playing a sick and twisted joke on me? I thought I'd be with you, Engel, or with my decades-old foursome of Ben Farber, Shane Weprick, and Ryan Rozak. Hell, I watched Farber and Rozak each make aces on big boy courses within the past two years. And we've all been joking ever since that it's my turn next. So why is my turn at a par three course with coworkers? Again, No disrespect to the coworkers. But to borrow an old saying from Coach Bob Green, it's like watching your mother-in-law go over a cliff in a Cadillac. You've got mixed feelings. Hey, you know, and that's a double-edged sword, you know. Uh, It's kind of like watching your mother-in-law go off a cliff in a Cadillac. (laughs) You know, you got mixed feelings. I called you afterwards, and I mean like right afterwards, and I laid this all out for you, and you said to me something that rings so true even a few days later. Remind me. Quote, you probably almost wish you didn't make it. End quote. When you told me that you got one, first thing I said I, on the text, I, I was just like, 
how many mulligans or something. No, I said something bullshit. What you wrote simulator holes don't count. Oh yeah, simulator holes don't count. Because I figured you're at work because you're always like, oh, I can't make it into day parts. I'm out of pocket. So then I was grilling you on that, but I felt like hearing where it was and how it was. My first thought was in golf jargon, one of the main things is like, if you ever play in a par three with your buddies and you pump one out into the drink off the tee and then you had to reload and then you hit it right at it, everyone who's a true golfer will all say simultaneously, don't go in. Because the last thing you want is to waste that hole in one mojo on a three. Your ace is kind of like one of those. You know, as it's in the air, you're like, ooh, don't go in. He's never had one. This is going to suck. Exactly. (laughs) Here's exactly what I feel like. I feel like a retired baseball player who's waited a long time to get the call from the Hall of Fame. And over the years, I've watched so many of my friends getting inducted into Cooperstown, and then my phone finally rings, and I learn that I'm going in. But it's 2020, and it's the pandemic, and no one is there, and the ceremony is over Zoom, and people are accusing me of cheating and not playing against the best competition. And to make it all worse, they put the wrong team's hat on my plaque. I was supposed to go in with a smoking Tom insignia, but I'll forever be remembered for the Nike swoosh. That's how I feel. I finally got my moment, but there are about a dozen asterisks on it and a ton of haters. I'm in limbo. I'm stuck between heaven and hell. Well said. Now, it's been a debate forever among the golf community, and that's why we're spending so much time on this. Does a hole-in-one on a par-3 course count? We put that question on Instagram. 84% of responders said yes. 16% said no. Let's ask you the question, Ingle. Does it count on a par-3 course? It counts, but not as much. But it counts. It's a diet hole-in-one. Ooh. Ouch, without the lemon, too. Yeah. It's a canned diet, maybe room temp. Mm. The biggest asterisk of the whole thing, and I know the first argument is, there's major championships that have had par threes under 100 yards. Yeah, but there's only so many opportunities through those 18 holes to get one. When you're playing par three after par three after par three, and especially the one you get it on is under 100 yards, it's not that it doesn't count. It's just that it doesn't count for as much. Here's a perfect example. We're at the club playing golf with a foursome and two of the guys in our group, we had just met. In that scenario, you start getting to know each other, asking questions. And most of the time, it starts with golf questions. You're on your first par three and the question arises. Jim, who you just met, just goes, you guys ever had any uh, hole-in-ones? It's like, oh yeah, I had one here and there. Oh, that's a great story and this and that. What about you, Adam? Well, I I have, but it kind of, you know, it's... Kind of doesn't count for as much because it was at a part three course. It was under 100 yards and the green was furrier than a 70s porno. You will always have to describe that hole in one with some type of, eh, mm, well, uh, see the thing is, uh, well, uh, mm, it's kind of like a murmur hole in one. You know, it's not like a, listen to this story. Right. Am I in the club? I asked you if it counted. Now am I in the club? The club that you were a three-time member of, am I in the club? You're in the club, but you're like the rookie on the team that's still getting the luggage. Like you made the team, but by no means do you garner the same respect as the veterans. 
You have three of them. All three are adorned in this office. No, you will not have any of your stuff in here. You didn't know what I was going to ask. Yes, you were. Can I put a plaque up or can I put the ball up? That's what you're going to ask. Well, let me refer to my sheet of prep and tell you what I was going to ask. Okay. Okay. Can I frame my scorecard and ball and hang it in the office? <laughs> Look at that thing. Is that laminated? What the fuck is that, dude? It's a certificate of merit from the SCGA. This certificate verifies that Adam Hawk made a hole-in-one at Maggie Hathaway Golf Course, signed by the president of the SCGA, dated and witnessed by five people. Also, besides this certificate, I have the scorecard and I have the ball, and I'm going to frame them and I'm going to hang them in this office. The question is where? I have a good spot. Here we go. Above the John in the bathroom. Well, great. A lot of people go in there. Yeah, and- you can hang it there so everyone can piss on your hole-in-one. <laughs> he didn't see it coming, folks. He just didn't see it coming. He's just so disgusted. This is why when I made it, I regretted it. Yeah. I, I mean, dude, I would have regret... If that was my first one, I would I would have equally as been regretful. Yeah. Now, the odds of making a hole-in-one are 1 in 12,500, but for some reason, among the people who don't think it should count on a par-3 course is the argument that your odds go way up when you get nine chances at it instead of the traditional four. Here's the thing about odds. 1 in 12,500 doesn't mean that if you hit 12,500 tee shots from a par-3 tee box that one of them is going to go in. That's not how odds work. Odds reset themselves every time for every try. Think about flipping a coin. It's a 50-50 chance that it's going to be heads or tails, right? That doesn't mean if your first flip lands on heads that your next flip will land on tails. The 50-50 odds reset every time you flip the coin, and you could actually land on heads 10 times in a row. But that doesn't mean that the odds changed from 50-50 at all. My point is this. Just because I had nine tee shots from a par three tee box instead of four doesn't mean that my odds of making a hole in one doubled. Each swing from those nine tee boxes is still a one in 12,500 chance. And even if the odds did double, which they didn't, it would still be one in 6,250. So to me, and not just because I'm the one who made it, it's still a hell of a golf shot and a very, very improbable one at that. Folks, that right there is how you cherry pick a stat. I fell asleep the first half of that. You know when you get a teacher that's almost too good of a teacher that they're a bad teacher? That's what that first like paragraph, I was falling asleep listening to that, but he did so well. Like It was spoken well. It was well thought out, well written, factual, data driven, and boring as hell. <laughs> and then you get to the gist and then you're like, all right, here comes the bit. Here's Adam's life. Here comes the bit. And it's like, and see, and that's why that I... Had the same amount of time of uh, chances of teeing it up each time, and it's not about nine in a row or whatever the fuck you were trying to say there. But yeah, dude, still kind of a shitty hole in one. What can I say? Shitty green, shitty course, probably a shitty shot, 96 yards with a pitching wedge, because I know you don't know how to saw anything off. Oh my God. It was a full Look. swing, probably no. high on the face, miss hit. Where did it land? I already went through that. I wasn't listening. It landed past the pin and zipped back in. It was a wonderful golf shot with a ton of side spin, and it was sawed off. It was picture perfect. The swing, the execution. You hit the sweet spot of the golf club. Absolutely. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. You didn't fat it. No. No, I did not. Well, I guess we'll never know because those nerds you were with probably couldn't tell the difference. They're not nerds. Okay. 
and I have four witnesses because I was playing in a fivesome who can tell you it was one hell of a golf shot. Now, listen to all the people saying it's way easier to make a hole in one at a par three course because I've heard that a number of times. It's, it is. It's so okay. Then this is to you as well. So shut up and listen. Okay. How many times have you done it? If it's so much easier, do you have like 15 aces at par three courses? No, it's because I haven't played as many par three courses as I have regular courses. Did you notice the keyword there was regular? Write that down. Okay. Because there's a nuance in the journey of an actual round of golf. The par three experience, as much as I'm a lover of it, and it's equally as fun in my mind, it's a level below. There's real golf, there's par three golf, there's driving range golf. And there's simulator golf. Yeah, you can get hole-in-ones at all those other places, but they will never count for as much as a real round of golf. There's ups, there's downs, there's challenges, there's other shots. You're playing from tee to green in a different fashion. So you're not just walking up to every tee box, getting another chance at it. Whatever bullshit stat line you want to twist in your favor, it still makes it easier because you get more chances at it all day long. Put it this way. If I were going to spend every hour of daylight and I was physically able to, and I played a par three course, that one that you played, all day long as many times as I could play, rather than a regular golf club, you obviously have a greater chance of getting one at the par three course. It's obvious. But I'm not there all day, every day. The amount of chances and the amount of average distance to the hole makes it a very, very greater opportunity. Okay. Anyway, to you and to everyone else who say that it's easier, yet have no aces there at all. Shame on you. Also, I've played a lot of par three golf, probably more than most people, because for a long time, that's all I've played. And up until this past Thursday, I had never made an ace until now. Well, it's not saying much. So in my mind, is it a hole in one, a legitimate one? Yes. Yes, it is. But it comes with qualifiers and a story that you don't really want to tell. Exactly. And that's the huge bummer about it. No one pictures their ace being the one that they have to qualify or explain or justify. Folks, I'd like to welcome to the podcast our weekly host, the one, the only, Saddam Hawk. The saddest man I know. Can I make it more sad? (laughs) Yeah, please. Okay. I didn't get to buy the post-round drinks, and I actually really wanted to do that. I've always envisioned part of the ace being going back to the clubhouse with the guys. Would have been good because you would have been a bunch of Shirley Temples, I'm guessing. Take it easy. (laughs) No, but I've always wanted to do that, to go into the bar afterwards and be like, this round's on me. Well, you owe me a drink for your humble brag. You brought me into the hole-in-one. You called me and you brought me into it, so you owe me a drink. I would have loved to have done that. That tradition to me is awesome. It's once, twice, sometimes three times in a lifetime, maybe three times for you. But See, a lot of people are against it. Yeah, I know. Nowadays, I, in our comfort culture, I like to call it. Right. But I'm comfortable. No, I think it's cool because you're winning the golf lotto. And if you win the lotto, you share some money with the people around you. If you get a hole in one, you can buy them a drink. Hey guys, the golf gods just shine down on me more than anyone. Let's drink together. I think it's a great tradition. And I wish that I had gotten to partake in that, but given the circumstances that we were going right into a meeting and that it was 11 o'clock in the morning on a weekday, that wasn't going to happen. We asked for responses to the question, does this really count? And we have some really great responses, and I'd like to get your feedback on these. David W. Keene says, absolutely not. It does not count. Come on, man. No variety of golf shots throughout the round. It's just not the same. 
Yeah. His point is correct. I don't know if I'd say it doesn't count at all. I mean, you, you hit it in. It counts for something. You circle the one. <laughs> so technically, it does count. David in Argentina, wherever you said he was from. I didn't say he was from anywhere. Oh, okay. I said his name was David W. Keen. How did you get David in Argentina? Keen, Argentine. <laughs> I don't know, dude. It's the way my fucked up mind works. Yeah, Dave in Argentina. Like I said, you can be wrong and right at the same time. I don't like that he says there's no variety of golf shot because, as I mentioned, I only brought one club, and these holes varied in length, and I was choking oh, up, God. choking down. Another little twist of the old stat line in his own favor, folks. He's a, he's become a pro at it. That's probably your best shot in golf is flipping something bad into something good. A underscore Ortiz 90 wrote in, it doesn't count because it doesn't count towards a regulation score, so it was just a practice hole-in-one. Ooh, that's actually a really good point. It's not, but you can go ahead and say why it's a good point, and then I'm going to use the USGA to tell you why it's not okay, a good point. Okay, you just get to your point. I don't need to argue with you about this. I the USGA has just launched a campaign to go out and properly rate and review and give slopes to short courses. So, and have they there yet? They have not done it there yet. Okay, so he's right. So until they redo it, you can go and try again, right? <laughs> okay, who's the next guy? Just listen. Anyone that plays par three or no executive courses or short courses, those courses are in the process right now of being rated, and they will count towards your handicap score if you would like them to, if you post those scores. Yeah, so don't try to make it yet until they rate those, or else it's not going to count. <laughs> Ryan Cant Golf, our friend from Seattle who has played in the Nation Desert Classic before, he great wrote guy. in. Great guy. He wrote in, I would say no, it's a 100-yard hole on a par three course. It's suspect. Mm. Jiggins 12 says, it doesn't count. You had too many chances at it. Mm. I had one chance at it when I took my one swing on that one hole. Okay. Coley O writes, it's like shooting fish in a barrel. Come on, man. It doesn't count. <laughs> That's a, what a what a sentence. You gotta love that. That was that was the best one yet. Shooting fish in a fucking barrel, dude. I love it. Let's get to the positives. BDK626. Of course it counts. You hit the ball from the tee box. It's a hole in one. Jay the stylist, it's a one on the card. It counts. Sean Conigan, it 100 percent counts. How many shots did you write on the scorecard? If you wrote down a one, it's a hole in one. David and KC, if your hole in one doesn't count, then neither does my double bogey on a regular golf course. Brandon Acker writes, hell yeah, it counts. Just don't buy drinks afterwards. That's the dumbest golf tradition. <laughs> Brandon, I agreed with the first part of what you wrote. Yeah. I do not agree with the second part. Cart Barn Kyle writes, it counts. An ace is an ace. Ryan Beef writes, hell yeah, it counts. Aces are hard enough as it is. Congratulations. Young Bowski, Sam Baba, the mattress king. The par three king. Isn't he Mr. Executive Course? Yes, absolutely. He wrote, count it. You love to see it, Bowski. Thank you for writing in. DMAS 68, yes, it counts. It's a golf course. Los Angeles Country Club has a 100-yard par three, and so do a lot of top courses. The problem is that you have to explain yourself every time you mention it. DMAS, you summed it all up. Yes, it counts. Yes, other courses have holes of this similar length. And yes, the problem is I have to explain mine every time I mention it. It's a diet. It's a diet hole-in-one. Big Steve, Steve Taylor, the owner of LG's Steakhouse, writes in, damn right it counts. And Steve also texted me privately and told me 
to frame all of my scorecards, golf balls, and certificates in the office. Steve Taylor, a big, big supporter of my hole-in-one. Shout out to Steve Taylor, owner of LG's. <laughs> uh, Senor Rezzacano says, it counts. It's just kind of lame. Yeah. You said it, buddy. Tim Frazee says, yes, it counts. How does any hole that comes before or after your ace have any bearing on it? Great question, Tim. Ask Ryan that. I don't know. Because it doesn't. Zach Grogan writes, it counts. Anyone who doesn't say it counts hates happiness, a.k.a. Ryan Engel. Congrats on the ace, Hawk. Ha! Good one. <laughs> Zach Grogan accusing you of hating happiness. I hate happiness, yeah. I don't know if anyone's as happy as I am, to be honest with you. Two more. Scott Miller says, it counts, but it will always need to be qualified. You are right, Scott. It will always need to be qualified. And finally, Alexander Villa says, a hole-in-one on a full-sized course is in the context of the physical exertion and mental focus required to play the par three, par four, and par five holes. A pitch and putt is more like a driving range. Same shot over and over, nine chances at almost the same hole. It does not count. It counts, but that's kind of the gist of it. The second part of what he's saying right there is the exact reason why you had that feeling right when it went in. Mm-hmm. Isn't it incredible that a week ago on this very podcast, I put it out there that I would like to get a hole-in-one? You almost got one. <laughs> I got one, and it's quite possibly the worst hole-in-one I could have ever asked yeah, it's for. Yeah, like, it's like getting a divorce with your wife because you cheated on her, but all you really did was go to the massage parlor and get a happy ending. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. It's a diet hole-in-one. That is the most lewd, crude... <laughs> And worst analogy I have ever heard. You played golf at the massage parlor. All right. You know? And (laughs) I mean, I can tie this all together if you give me the opportunity. Please don't. Please don't. Anyway, I wonder what I should say today that I want to happen next in my golf career. Because clearly, if I say it on the podcast, it happens. I would start with like hitting the center of the face. Okay. That'd be good. I start there. Let's close the book on this, and I guess if I'm yeah, gonna... I don't think you answered your own question you're asking yourself. On what accomplishment I would like? Yeah. <laughs> a real hole-in-one. Okay. <laughs> that would be nice. Wow. I would love to get a real one so I can wash this one away. Well, maybe you should start playing some real golf courses then. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Mr. Always Out on a Wednesday, goes to a country club all throughout the winter. Where are my invites? What? How many invites have I given you? Not enough. A lot more than you've given me. You would never play where I play. You make fun you of never. Where... You never invite me. Oh, shut up, dude. If I invite you to Alhambra, that Mickey Mouse course. I don't say, I've never said that. If I invite you to Chester, Washington, what do you say? When have you invited me to Chester, Washington? Uh, please. When have you? You've never invited me, <laughs> you I, jack wagon. I know better. Okay. Because you make fun of it all so the time. So your assumptions yeah. are your own reality? Let's go play Chester, Washington. When? Next week. Usually when I get a tea time invite from you, it's like, in June of 2024, yeah. mark your calendar, because on Friday, I have a small window in between magazine drops, and we're going to be meeting at this place. And then like the week before, you're like, oh, fuck, we got to change it to like two o'clock now. And I'm like... Man, how hard is it to fucking play golf with you? I'm a busy guy. Are you, though? I'm a busy guy. It's hard not to be busy when you're just a yes man. Okay. Okay. All right. That, what, what a great <laughs> spot to 
Turn on the right-hand turn signal, get into that right-hand lane, and merge off of this freeway. Well, I'm, you know, if you were to ask me again, go back to the original question here of what you need to speak into existence, yeah. I would say learn to say no better. Okay. Okay. That's fair. That's a real honest, friendly bit of advice. That's more life advice than golf advice. Well, that's what I am. I'm a, I'm a life coach. I've read the Instagram bio. Yeah. You are a life coach. Life lessons from the back tees. Very good. You heard it here first, folks. Hole in ones from the mats at Maggie Hathaway. That's me. You could follow. Wait a minute. Oh boy. The tee box was a mat. It was. <laughs> it was a driving range. Oh my god! It's funny how you left that out. Unbelievable. Wait, let's get off the pod. Is that enough? Are we done? Looks like we are, folks. I can't control that they have mats there. Wow. Do you want me to tee off of the cart path? That's Would you a- use the rubber tee also? No, I don't tee it up off mats. Maybe you should. <laughs> By the way, part 27, I shot a 29, two over. Wow, two over with a two underscore on a on the second hole. Talk about coming in with your tail between your legs. It was a shotgun start. <laughs> so I was just fine coming in. Shotgun start and a water pistol finish. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to the fellowship. We appreciate it very much. They call him Mr. Artificial T-Box. <laughs> we will catch you next Monday. It's diet. Ha <laughs>